Thanks again for making the Locked On Ole Miss podcast your first listen every day. We're free and available wherever you get your podcast, including YouTube. We're part of the Locked On Podcast Network, your team every day. I'm here with Tom Vanderford, and I'm Stephen Willis, and this is an extra edition of the Locked On Ole Miss podcast. And, Tommy, I watch Indiana Jones and the Dial of Destiny every Friday before an Ole Miss game. I started this after the Alabama game. We needed some luck. I turned that on. And I've done it ever since because we just keep winning. We keep coming back. We keep doing what we need to do. And I'm asking everybody tonight, hey, go to Amazon, go to whatever, and order Indiana Jones and the Dial of Destiny, and let's amplify this good luck. Because you're already getting it from me. I think against Georgia, we probably need a little bit more. What do you think, Tom? Oh, I think so for sure. I mm-hmm. think I think we need all the luck we can get. I do. We're playing Georgia at home. Mm-hmm. Uh, I, I, you know what? I, I, I'm, I'm interested to see if it's a cleanly officiated game uh, with both teams, uh, you know, kind of being in the hunt. Uh, it'll be interesting to see. I think uh, there's been a few times this year where there have been some questionable calls in our games, and I think if we've got a cleanly uh, officiated game, uh, I think that bodes well for us as well. Yeah. It's a weird situation with um, the officiating thing because it is actually happening. Everybody can see that it's happening. And the people that are pushing back being contrarian is like the officials are just incompetent or they don't have an agenda. Now, I don't think there's necessarily a real thing, but something is happening. You have a situation. Micah Pettis is not holding four times a game. And nobody else is getting called for it. He's doing the same stuff that the other side's doing it. They're just calling it on Micah Pettis. And I, and I just I th- don't get the idea that people want to be contrarian, I guess. Yeah. What's going on? Because this is obvious. The stats are there. Yeah, I understand that. Uh, the priest corn hold was like, I, I didn't see it, man. I didn't see it at all. He barely blocked the guy. So I don't know. But, but all that stuff's in the past, and we've been blessed. We're – you know, we've only lost one game this year, so and I think we've got a really good chance Saturday, tomorrow. Yeah, seventy percent chance of rain according to weather.gov. And I know nobody gives us much of a chance, but I do. Yeah. I think we have a situation and I was I've been excited all week. I've I've just so everybody knows, I've had an unbelievable week on Locked On Ole Miss. I'm averaging about 4,500 views per YouTube oh. video, and um, the audio side's blowing up just as much. I'm having a good week. And so I've been excited about this game pretty consistently since it started because obviously this all has my attention. Well, Whenever I found out that all of a sudden the rain went to like a from a 40% chance to a 70% chance, and they're talking about like almost an inch of rain during game time, oh, I started getting really excited because, Tom, how many stories have you heard about these major streaks that have been going on in college football, whether it's home wins or winning streaks, to where the weather played a factor and the weather was involved in that streak being broken? Oh yeah I, I, yeah, I think this is another tick in Ole Miss's box. Yeah, yeah. I you know I and I love. I know the team's going to be loose. I know that Lane said that uh, 
he, you know, he, he kind of let the team down the past couple of years because he's been too tight for the Alabama game and he feels loose this week. And of course, you know, you've got, you've got some scumbags out there that are trying to, uh, trying to, to make problems. Two months ago. Yeah. Yeah. From something months ago, but they're, they're, they're just trying to stir up something because everybody wants our coaching staff and our team to lose focus. But I, I just don't, I've just got a good feeling about it, man. I don't think they're, I think they're locked in. I think they know how important this is. I think, uh, in the history of Ole Miss, we have never won 11 regular season games, and we can do that. If we beat Georgia, we'll win 11 games this year. In the yeah. And if we beat Georgia and Georgia beats Alabama, you have a win over the SEC champion. Yeah, exactly. And, so then what, you know, what it, it bodes well, I mean – at worst, a very high New Year Six slot, maybe down in uh, Miami, which would be kind of cool for Stephen Willis. And also, um, the Under Armour All American game. Um, you have Camarion Franklin's going to be at that game down the road, so I'm gonna get to talk to Camarion. And also, Stonka Burnside is going to sign his letter of intent at the Under Armour All American yeah. game. Yeah. I, I have a chance to have another really good week after the bowl game because if Ole Miss got the Orange Bowl or the Peach Bowl, that game would be like December 29th. Right. Like a week. So I, I've got a nice little two-week stretch to where um, I, I, I got to think of some ways to do that. And if we get to 6,000 subscribers, I'm talking about doing remote broadcast. So if you haven't subscribed and you're listening to the show, please go down and mash that subscribe button. If you have, tell a friend. And honestly, if you listen on one of the other numerous mediums that we're on, go over to the YouTube channel and give a subscription. That, that helps us out. We're in position, honestly, that we are probably going to be the most subscribed YouTube channel other than the official site uh, by March. And, and, and I mean, we already act like we're the big dog. I mean, whenever we're talking about, I'm not talking about a cocky thing here. I'm talking about how we do business. Um, we, we act like we are a big dog on the street. And by next football season, I mean, you could it could be spread, stretched out and we're all by ourselves. And I think that's pretty cool. And we've built a really interesting community and we have a ton of perspectives and a ton of commentary. And, I, and that is just doing really well. Because people want to be happy when they want to be happy, and people want to be sad when they want to be sad. And that's what we do. Exactly. Exactly. You know, we're just uh like me. I'm I'm old Miss Homer on Twitter. I'm just a Homer man. Yeah. It, it's it's on the um let's see, what is it over there? Down there in the bottom. It's yeah. it's it's in it's in the name. Yeah. Yeah. So Anyway, um, I, I I had a Know Your Enemy segment yesterday with um, Clint Shamblin of Locked On Bulldogs, and I talked to Corey Burton, who's my partner in crime from SEC After Dark. He does the Believe in Georgia Dogs podcast as well. And one thing is Georgia just doesn't think they're going to lose, talking to them right off bat. Of I mean, granted, they've won like 42 out of 43 straight games. The only one they lost was that Jamison Williams SEC championship game. Right, and they've got uh, like – They've got like, you know, uh, 
83 million five stars. I mean, you know, they, hmm. on paper, we shouldn't even compete with them. But, you know, I just got a feeling that Trey Harris is going to have a big game. Somebody big, has to be the equalizer. Big game, sir. Somebody has to be the equalizer yeah. in this football game. Yeah. And, and the, the benefit is whenever you play the Georgia Bulldogs is just the same thing as whenever the Alabama teams were coming in in like 2013. It's the same formula to beat that team. The same formula right. that Hugh Freeze used to take down those Alabama teams is the formula that you can take down this Alabama team too. The defense needs to play well. We need a 2014 level defensive performance by Pete Golding. This game is really the reason why we brought Pete Golding in. Jackson Dart with his mobility and all that, he needs to have a big football game. You don't beat this team without a major performance from the quarterback, and you need a receiver that can open things up down the field to keep the safeties from coming in on the line of scrimmage, and that's Trey Harris. The pieces are in place. Yep. Honestly, we're in better shape than we were in 2014 and 2015 because we also have Quinshawn Judkins, and how many times have we come into a game like this and had the best running back in the SEC. Exactly. Never. <laughs> Never. Never. I mean, the closest I think we've ever had to having the best running back in the SEC, in my opinion, was Deuce McAllister. But yeah, and and but with when we had Deuce McAllister, now granted, like the 97 and 98, 99 and 2000 teams, that they, they were all fine. Romero, yeah. I think even Romero Miller will admit that he's not Jackson Dart. Oh, yeah. I'm sure. Yeah. yeah, I'm sure Grant Hurd will admit that he's not Trey Harris. Right. And and so the talent level being raised at other positions, so as good as Deuce McAllister was, he's just even with Quinshawn. Oh, yeah. 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 Quinshawn's special. Yeah. And, and, and you have these big players on the outside and at quarterback that should be pretty interesting. And like I said, if it rains, you're going to be dealing with at least slippery conditions. Now, I'm not talking about a 1960s-style mud bowl. That's not going to happen in this modern age of manicured fields. But what you might have is a little bit of slippiness that can happen. The gr ground isn't quite as firm. So look for Jordan Watkins and Dayton Wade to kind of be dudes against the safety, especially when they're crashing down for the toss sweeps and the jet sweeps and things like that. The safeties for Georgia, really fast flow players. I can see a situation to where they fake it, the Georgia player comes down, and all of a sudden there's Caden Priestcorn that they hit in between the linebackers because with our tempo right now, Georgia's front seven is good now. It's good, but it's not what we're known as. Their front seven is at a point where they try to do matchups. They have a pass rush specialist and a run stopper. And with our tempo, you might not be able to get those screens so we can attack that, and that's something we can do. And the other thing is the player that was getting Georgia position positionally sound, the quarterback of the defense, broke his arm against Missouri. So they're right. going to be putting in a young guy on defense as well. Right. It's kind of advantage, Tom. Exactly. And, you know, I, I read today that, that Bowers is going to dress out. Uh, mm -hmm. I, I think Bowers is going to play, but – I don't think he'll play a lot. I think he'll be more of a decoy. Yeah, I think Trey Harris versus Alabama. Yeah, yeah. I, you know, I, 
I broke my ankle or my uh, fibia, actual, actually, my senior year in high school, and I dressed out for our bowl game, but I, you know, I, I didn't, didn't, it hurt uh, when I, when I would cut on it. And I don't, I don't th- recall ever even getting in the game. Yeah. It just, and, but it was, you know, it's, it's the important thing. It's senior day for them. Mm-hmm. Uh, he's not a senior, but it may be his last game. In Sanford. Yeah. But what's going to happen is he's going to come out on the field at the beginning of the game. And I do think it's going to happen in the beginning of the game. That is going to be a palpable bump by the crowd. That Mm -hmm. is going to be a shot of adrenaline to them as a night game. And you're going to be dealing a little bit with a circus atmosphere. And this is something against talented players like that you're going to have to overcome. Yeah. But I I don't think you have to worry about Brock Bowers being what he was against Auburn. No. No. The big person we need to stop uh, is McConkey. Yeah. I, th- I think Kendall Milton is the what, one that actually um is, that's true. It's has just me scared. like McConkey's always open for a long pass play, you know. Yeah, I think um Ole Miss needs to get after Carson Beck. Mm-hmm. I, and honestly, um play with rotate um Kari Coleman, um Suntarian Perkins, and I've I'm forgetting Ladarius Tennyson. Rotate them and have one of them say, "Hey, get after this guy. We're going to find yep. a way to do it. We're going to go through different gaps. I, I think it's going to be vitally important that they get Carson's back's eyes down and get him off his spot. I think so as well. I think so as well. I think our defense, and you know, a lot of people won't agree with me, and that's fine. But I think our defense is better than Missouri's." Uh, I really do. I think Missouri's got a good defense, but I think our defense is better. I think our offense is better than Missouri. So, you know, Missouri gave them a good game there for a while until they, you know, the quarterback threw that interception at the 50. That was, that was, you know, the end of it. So it's going to be exciting. Uh, I'm going to, I'm going to watch it with bated breath, have, you know, have all kinds of stress, stressful times, I'm sure. Uh, but, I'm excited. This is a 4K game. They're, they're broadcasting this game in 4K. So okay. I got deal, man. Big yeah. deal. This is the biggest Ole Miss game in in the modern era, I think. Reg, you know, regular it, biggest game because there's so much at stake for us. No, well, uh, I don't know about that. Okay, because Ole Miss can win this game against Georgia, and they're not in the playoff. They're just still alive for the playoff. Right. Now, if you lose to Georgia, it's gone. But it doesn't – it's not like a winner you're in type situation, but no situation in the past in the modern era has been a winning you're in type situation. You just look back in hindsight, it's like, oh, that was a big moment. And I think maybe they will look back on this game if something happens and it's like, hey, that's a missed opportunity. Uh, but I do think for the program, this is a monumental opportunity. Oh, and I- – you have a situation to where if you can win this game, it's going to raise you up a tier, an echelon, to where you're everybody's talking about you. You're going to be potentially a top 10 team going into the next season. And it's not going to be outlandish that you're there. It's not like 2009 where everybody was like, man, Ole Miss is number four. And, and it's like, no, Ole Miss is supposed to be there. Maybe they're under rank because – you're potentially going to have Jackson Dart coming back. You're potentially going to have the best running back in college football. 
Ole Miss is recruiting at a very high level at wide receiver. Just understand that Ole Miss is going to find that dude somewhere. Offensive line-wise, they're going to be fine. The defense is even going to be a little bit better than it is this year. And I think this Ole Miss team in 2024, we're talking 12-team playoff. I think Ole Miss has a chance to host a playoff game in 2024, which will be the biggest game in Ole Miss history. And whenever you start having these biggest game conversations in Ole Miss history, which that pops up seemingly every couple of years now, that's just a testament to what Lane is doing. Well, I completely agree. I mean, even if we were to somehow lose the Georgia game, if we win the next two, I still think we'll be in a New Year's Six Bowl. Mm -hmm. Uh, That'll be four uh, New Year's Six Bowls for the Ole Miss Rebels since uh, the inception of New Year's Six, and that's pretty darn good. I think that would rank very high in the SEC. That's 40%. 40% yeah. of them Ole Miss have went, and they've been to a Peach Bowl, two Sugar Bowls, and I – okay. Now, even if Ole Miss beats Georgia, I people that have listened to my um, show know that I'm on this bandwagon, okay, that Ole Miss is in prime TCU position if they beat Georgia to where Ole Miss is going to end up in the top four and then after the ch- championship game, all of a sudden Ole Miss is fifth. Yep. And – they're going to play a team in a bowl game. They're going to be angry, and they're just going to wipe the floor with them. It's going to be a TCU 2014 situation all over. You're going to be dealing with an angry football team at that point. And I'm trying to figure out. I think the Fiesta is in line to take Tulane, and I think Tulane is kind of in a place to where they're going to win out yeah. that G5 game. So Ole Miss is not going to be able to go to the Fiesta Bowl because they're not going to rematch Ole Miss and Tulane. No. No. So that leaves the Cotton Bowl, which everybody loves. Oh, um, yeah. Yeah. Um, the Peach Bowl, which I, I, I think everybody has a bad taste in their mouth after that 2014 game. And then you have the Orange Bowl. And in that situation, I want the Orange Bowl for obvious reason, but I want Ole Miss to have the Orange Bowl because that's a different, exciting bowl game. And let's face it, South Beach is better than Atlanta. South Beach is better than Dallas. South Beach is better than Phoenix. So other than the um, playoffs, I think the Orange Bowl is the best opportunity for Ole Miss um, if they don't get into the Final Four. I agree. I agree. Uh, and it's you just think about it, man. It, and I want to play Michigan it, so bad. To be in. Oh, I would love to play Michigan. It's so bad. Position to be in. Mm. To, to know that the, at worst – you're going to be in Orlando. Hmm. You know, we have never been, whatever you want to call it, the Citrus Bowl, Capital One Bowl, whatever they call it, Tangerine. It's the the Citrus again. We've never been, ever. You know, And honestly, I don't think we're going to go this year because to go to the – Believe it. And, you know, that's – goodness gracious. I mean, we're so fortunate. Yeah. To go to the Citrus, we have to lose the state. Yeah, oh, God, there's no way. Yeah, and it's like – Knock on wood. Yeah. Uh, last year, but but yeah, they're they God bless them, they're a dumpster fire right now. Yeah, they're getting they're getting ready to do the stupidest thing that a college football team can do, and that is run off Zach Arnett. I, I read today where they're 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 trying their best to uh and this is the the fans, of course, and the mm-hmm. and the Brandon Walkers and people like that of the world. 
they're trying their best to get Arnett fired immediately after the A&M game. Yeah. It, 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 which coach is going to take the job? If you look at Ole Miss's history, okay, let's look at Ole Miss's history. And, and you can determine the merits of doing this. That is not the point. The point is, after David Cutcliffe, whenever we decide we were going to fire coach one year after that Cotton Bowl run and the press that came with that, we ended up with Ed Orgeron. And we ended up with Ed Orgeron for a reason. And there's several people that can talk about Robert Kayette and Dennis Erickson showing up to an interview drunk and all of that stuff. I mean, there's rumors all over the place. But the fact of the matter is, we went from David Cutcliffe, one of the most successful quarterback coaches in Ole Miss history, to USC's defensive line coach. If you fire Zach Arnett, this is going to be that times 50, and you're going to end up with Will Hall as your quarterback or some or your coach or somebody like that. It, it, it's I'm, going I'm, to be the names that are mentioned as far as their home runs, their hopes. Them would be like a mid tier to low tier hire for Ole Miss at this point. Exactly, exactly. You know, I read today where they, there, 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 there's a two people. They said, uh, what Fritz at Tulane and uh, Summerall at at at, at Troy. Uh, Fritz ain't going nowhere, man. He's got it made. Why oh, yeah. would you leave where you know you've built a a back to back New Year Six bowl? bowl team at Tulane, why would you leave that at 63 years old? I think they're going to have a hard time. Yeah, and you could have a situation. If Fritz goes to Mississippi State, he's done in three years, and everybody talks about the buyout and all of all of that stuff. No, he hasn't absolutely made it Tulane right now. He is in position to go to a New Year's Six Bowl game every year. Yep. He's in a position to dog walk that conference. Yeah, and he can do that for five or six years, retire, and go off in the sunset, making about two and a half, three million dollars a year. Which, no matter where you live, if you make three million dollars a year, you're living pretty good. Yeah, I think you're all right. <laughs> yeah, and 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 you're not going to jump into that pressure cooker at a place where they fired a coach nine months after hiring him. Mm-hmm. Well, and they fired Morehead in his two first years. Yeah, there's after- a history. In Starkville, and not only that, they're poor. They're, let's yeah. let's quit beating around the bush. They don't have nil. No, there's a reason they lost Burnside, and that is somebody a booster paid him to commit. Yep, allegedly. And um, after that, there was no money coming up there for offers. Offers started coming in that Mississippi State could not compete with. Exactly, allegedly. And I'm hoping that that's the same for Jimothy Lewis. Hmm. And, and, and I think it will. I think J.J. Harrell, I think he burned the bridge with Ole Miss. Oh, he did. Yeah. And 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 he's probably hating that right now. But I would pay attention to Auburn in that situation. Oh, yeah. Yeah, I would mm-hmm. too. I would too. I wouldn't put it past you, Freeze, to, to swoop in and, and, and get old J.J. And, and Stonka Burnside, obviously, I will be paying attention – I'm actually normally whenever I go to cover these Under Armour games, I do all the practices, but I don't really go to the game. But it looks like Burnside is going to be signing during the game, to where his, his yeah. actual ceremony will be a signing ceremony. Yeah. So I, I'm going to have to go to Camp and World Stadium and, 
you know, get a field pass or whatnot and, and, and get that commitment, that interview and all that um, in place. Cause it looks like Ole Miss has potentially three players that I'm interested in because Burnside has not committed one way or another, but I think Ole Miss has two players there and including Camary and Franklin. And that number could just go up honestly right. uh, with this defensive line class. So I, I'm, I'm pretty impressed. I think William Eccles, has a chance to end up down there too. He oh, he's like four or five star player of the um Mr. Football in the state of Mississippi. Oh, yeah. He's that. a monster. He's a monster. Mm-hmm. Yeah, and I, I'm everybody needs to be worried about the class that Ole Miss is putting together defensively right now. It, it's it it's an Alabama s defensive line. This is how it is built over there. And yep. Jeffrey Rush and William Eccles and Cameron Beavers and Kabarian Franklin. I mean, yep. that's a front four right there. Yep. Yeah, and then, and then also you have the defensive linemen, um, defensive ends like Maurice Davis and and those guys. And we're trying to get like um, what's his name, King Joseph something. Yeah. You know, yeah. Can, it. I'm telling you. And at linebacker, the JUCO number one linebacker in the yep. country is already oh. committed in. Yeah. This defense has a chance to be legit. Next year, Pete Golding is going to do the portal again like he did this year because those guys are puppies. Right. But those guys are going to get a ton of playing playing time with players playing over the top of them next season. And then their sophomore year, Centarian Perkins' junior year, look out for this defense. Oh, yeah, yeah. So, Tommy, before we get out of here, we're at like 25 minutes, man. We, we've kind of rambling a little bit, man. Uh, talk about um, your score prediction for the ball game, keeping in mind that we are actually homers. Yeah, yeah. I've, I, I've, I put it on Twitter a couple of days ago. I yeah, haven't. I saw that. Ole Miss 35, Georgia 31. You know, um, I went with Ole Miss 34, Georgia 31, and I think that's the same score the last time we won in Athens. That's the reason I picked that. I, I like that. It, it, feel, it feels like that. Whenever um, Walker Jones and Brock Christ ran down Heinz War that game. Oh, yeah, that was awesome. Mm-hmm. It's going to be a big game. The weather is going to be a factor in this game. Yes. It, it, it's, it's going to be a factor in this game, and Ole Miss needs to be ready. For that, they need to pack their defense. They need to pack their run game, just like Auburn, and get ready to go. Because if this is the slippery mess that it could be, I think Ole Miss has a chance to score a couple of touchdowns and be explosive in the passing game. Because I'm not really worried about the win so much. I'm. It, it's a rain event at the moment. And you can throw the ball in the rain. It's not going to be like just a diluge. Um so if that happens, it's going to make the defense just a little bit less firm of it. There's ways that you can get past them. The run game's going to get passed up. I expect, yeah, I expect an interesting situation. But yeah, Ole Miss 31, Georgia, or Ole Miss 34, Georgia 31, and you picked Ole Miss 35, Georgia 31. That Should is pretty interesting. Anyway. Thanks again for making the Locked On Ole Miss podcast your first listen every day. We're free and available wherever you get your podcast, including YouTube. We're part of the Locked On Podcast Network, your team, every single day. And don't forget to watch Indiana Jones and the Dial of Destiny tomorrow to help amplify that good luck. 
Post yep. a picture of it on Twitter. Put Shark Bake as the hashtag. Shark Bake as the hashtag to be ready to go before the Ole Miss and Georgia game. And then game day starts at nine o'clock Eastern, um, leading to noon. And then we have to wait for like seven hours, but it should be a lot of fun. Oh yeah. All right, Tommy, have a good one. Um, enjoy the game, and we'll talk to you next week, buddy. Yes, sir. Hotty toddy. Hotty toddy. <laughs>